hundred years. Take me back when I was a kid. Never had to worry about what I did. But I'm a man now. What's the plan now? Gotta get it done. No time for fun now. Take me back when I was a kid. Never had to worry about what I did. But I'm a man now. What's the plan now? Gotta move on. The- Stories that need to be told. We're back. I've been gone for a while. Again, it seems to be my pattern of behavior. Come summertime, I'm barely ever in LA. I like to take my summers, go to Michigan, clear my head. If I got a writing gig, I pony up at the lake house. We've had a lake house in Charlevoix, Michigan for basically my whole life. And there's nothing better to me than the summers in Michigan. I get to hang with the family. Cousins come and visit up at the house. We go boating. The food is amazing. It is just the perfect place to clear your head. And I don't get there enough. And oddly enough, I'm moving out of my apartment. I'm already packing boxes. I shipped one back to Detroit yesterday. I shipped clothing back. I feel like I might just disappear into the lake house and like, knock on wood, I'm, I'm about to start another movie, the one about the uh, IndyCar racers who are drug smugglers. And if that's the case, if we lock this thing up, I may just go disappear for th- a couple weeks and just pony up at the lake house, come back to L.A. when I need to. We might have to do this, you know, for the summer at least, just until like late, you know, mid-September. Do this uh, via phone. So you're going to be gone till September? I'll be gone till September. This I'll be gone be- till September. I'll be gone till September. <laughs> um, I don't know if I'm going to be gone till September. I'm saying this is a possibility. I am definitely moving out of my apartment. Because I'm tired of that place, and I got these new neighbors upstairs, and they tried to get cheap when they restructured their hardwood floors. There's no padding. I see you searching for a sound effect. Don't do it till I tell you you could do it. Because I got to talk to you also. Stock tip, Dave. Um, And they're stomping on my head. And I've been in that building for so long. And between the stomping on my head at like 9 o'clock at night when they walk back and forth and... I can't. I don't want to be the guy, the neighbor that like tells people how to live. They're living their life. They're not like doing anything harmful. They're just walking, and they're, it just sounds like thunder. So between that and then the people partying now at the pool, there's like these young YouTubers, like YouTube star <laughs> dudes that are like shooting videos and whatever. All these little, you know, dudes, little young dudes in their twenties. You know, then I had to like use my like young mic voice on them because they were like partying in the jacuzzi, and my my place is right next to the jacuzzi. <laughs> the door right, opens right up to it, right up to the jacuzzi. So I hear these like young dudes, like little hip hop kids talking, blah blah blah. And then Mike Young became Young Mike, and I got out of bed <laughs> at like one forty five. I went to the balcony. Of course, I had to throw a shirt on because nobody was going to fear me with a shirtless. So I threw a shirt on. I went to the balcony. I just said, "Yo, player, you got to chill." Just like you gotta, you just gotta chill out, you know. I just said it real calm, and they were, they, they actually did chill out, you know. They could see I was not playing at one forty-five <laughs> in the morning. I no, need not my sleep. You know what I mean? Post vertigo sleep. Like I, you gotta get your rest. You said you had a little spell in Detroit, no? Yes, I had a little spell in Detroit. Yeah, Be- and the doctor called it. Like my guy here, he's like, listen, it's probably gonna happen again, like one more time in the next month. And he called it. And what happened was I basically, the medical industry, you're a racket. You're a racket. I think doctors should have a higher calling to just get me better, get you better, heal us. Show me the doctor that just wants to make you live and feel good. Okay? When I go into your office and I say I had a little vertigo that one night, but I feel great and fine now. Why would you spin me into Eppley maneuver? Why would you put me in that maneuver and make me feel worse for a two and a half week period of like off balance and fogginess? Why would you do that? And then why would you, while I'm dizzy, walk out and tell your secretary the visit's 475? Just, you know what I mean? So I'm going to call American Express and I'm going to cancel the payment to that doctor because I don't like the way he handled that. He, like, got me dizzy and then, like, charged me. Meanwhile, before I went in, they asked me what my insurance was, which is I got a PPO, great insurance. They asked me what it was. When I got there, they're like, yo, we don't take insurance. So I feel like it was, like, a a quick scam. Yeah, like bait and switch. He bait and switched me. So 
I'm either going to beat you up as a person. <laughs> I'm just going to beat you up, doctor. You know what I mean? I'm going to beat you up. And I didn't like that he kept mentioning while I was there. He's like, don't drive. I don't want to get sued. Be careful. Don't drive until you feel good. You know what I mean? You scumbag. You know? <laughs> and I know there's good doctors out there. I know they're out there. But there's a whole world out there of these doctors that are like, they've just been doing it too long and they lost their heart and they lost their ability to feel for a human being and like the, to be like deal with the patient. And they're just looking for the quick money hit. Yeah, the fact that he was like, that's 475 right in front of you is like... Right in front of me. Kind of rude. Like, I want to call this motherfucker. Excuse me. You know, I want to call this guy. <laughs> I want to call him, but he doesn't even have a secretary that answers. It goes to a service. And then they call you back. So he's got a service set up, but I know where his office is, right oh, on Wilshire. Hopefully the return time's pretty fast. Return, am I feeling better? No, the return, I'm like, you like leaving a voicemail with the service, and then he getting back. Oh, yeah, he's terrified. Anytime I've called, he calls me back. He absolutely calls. <laughs> Are you okay? Everything okay? Yeah, bro, I'm okay. But I wasn't okay. Now I'm okay, because what I learned about this stupid vertical thing is, it does go away. It goes away. You know what I mean? It's just a thing. Yeah. I'm not like a seven-year-old woman who's suffering from like all constant vertigo. I'm a dude who spun out of bed too fast while dehydrated, and it totally goes away. But it would have gone away within three days had I not gone to this dude. Instead, he made it linger. So I went to a high-level ENT in Detroit and who was like a friend of the families who cares that, you know, make sure I'm cool. And he's like, I got He's like, listen, your doctor overextended. He just, oh, he overdid it. And... You're going to be fine. Go right back to doing everything you do in life, and you're good. I went back to swimming in the lake. I went back to diving. You know what I mean? I just went back to life. So I ended up losing like 10 pounds out of stress. My brother's like, yo, you need to go see a psychiatrist because you're fully in anxiety mode. So then I started seeing a psychiatrist. You know what I mean? And I was like, off the six seconds of spinning, now I got to see a shrink? Long story, boring, whatever. I could use a shrink. But the, the, I'm fine. I'm good, bro. I'm back in the gym. I'm hitting the weights. Look like you're back in training and having fun in Detroit. Yeah, I felt great in Detroit. You know, I, I went to the lake house, ate amazing whitefish. The family, my cousins came up there, had a great time. You know, so I was gone. I've been gone for like three weeks. I went yeah. to Florida with Saget, had great shows. You know, of course... I'm starting to feel great, and then I get on the we land, we go to land in Miami, and we take back off what? on a giant Delta flight. Yeah, a jet blue. It landed and then took off. It, it didn't hit the ground. It went whoo, right back up. So now like the pressure is in my ears, and I'm feeling worse <laughs> in Miami. And what happened was, I guess you know, you, like, it, my, overshot it. We didn't overshoot it. There was lightning storm, and like you know, how Miami's got that crazy weather where like oh, yeah. a lightning storm will come in on one cloud. You'll have one cloud. That has a full storm going on in it, and everything around it's sunny. Oh, yeah. So we had lightning nearby. So we took back off, spun back around out to the ocean, and came back in. So then I'm, I was all messed up for like, you know, two hours <laughs> of pressure. I was dehydrated. The whole thing, man. Bottom line was something kicked in in a very positive way through all of this, all this anxiety that I felt. I, I had like a major awesome comedy breakthrough. Because I haven't been, I've been writing new material, but I hadn't been doing it like I, like I wanted to be doing it. And this just like cracked open something in like my creative spirit. And I got back, I, I got on my computer and I went over all my new bits that I've been working on and getting together and I started just doing them. And so I just cracked it open. And when I got off stage in Miami, Saget was like, that's the best show I've seen you do. And I don't know why, I don't know what, physically i was feeling or meant and mentally i was going through but like it cracked open a creative hole that i needed to crack so that was the first time you broke out the new materials right there in florida it's the first time that i dug that deep into the new material you know like i got these new bits just like mike young versus young mike and this bit <laughs> about you know i really extended like you know people don't like to be alone and i did my whole alone time bit and i really you know dragged it out longer and i just went into my you know bit about my lame divorced friends and i i kicked it out longer and so i really feel like i cracked open like a new this this new 20 minutes that i've been dying to do for so long but i've been like scared or being safe or just feeling dead inside basically and i got you know i woke up like something woke up in me 
Well, you were practicing in Detroit at those comedy clubs, so that must have been helping, helping before you went on the big show. Yeah, that was that was actually that was that was one of the best things that I've done in years, and it reminded me of when I first got to LA and I was like became a regular at the comedy store, which was like I became a regular like twelve or thirteen years ago. I don't remember what year I was made a regular by Mitzi Shore, but there was a time where. Me and Brett and Sebastian and Butch Bradley and Sam Tripoli and all these dudes, we would just go to these open mics. I mean, like real gritty shit. You know what I mean? Like open mic in a coffee shop in a corner of a place where people are drinking coffee and eating muffins. We would go. I remember me and Tripoli would roll out to like the Ramada Inn off like La Brea or Cahuenga, like the hood Ramada Inn. You know what I mean? Where you go to do your drug deals oh, yeah. if you're coming in from Miami to meet someone and they're like, this shit is going down. <laughs> you know? And you and the and the room, the comedy room was in the basement of the Ramada Inn. And there was like six people usually in the crowd. Two kids, you know what I mean, while their parents are sleeping upstairs that are on vacation. You know what I mean? One girl from Guatemala that speaks no English. <laughs> and like two people that spoke English and one homeless person hanging near the bar. Like that was the crowd. And being in Detroit, I just started looking up like open mics and like comedy clubs around the area that I could go get up in. And they opened this new place in, ironically enough, in Southfield, Michigan, where I'm from. And it's called the Punchline. It's not, it's not, no relation to the Punchline in San Fran or Sacramento, but they opened up a comedy club in Southfield. And it's, it's an urban club, all black audience. And the dude, Ty, who owns it, was, like, cool enough to just let me come whenever I wanted. <coughs> Excuse me. And I was coming in there basically every night. And he was letting me do 10 minutes, 15 minutes. You know what I mean? Did he give you any video of yourself or no? No. No video. I recorded a few sets. But really, I just had my notebook up there, had my subjects ready. And it just reminded me of that feeling of, like, my favorite feeling in comedy is when you're just getting good at your new shit. And I think phases happen in this in this business of stand-up where you get your half hour going, right? And now your half hour is tight. And you're whatever. And, and you're doing it. And so you just get comfortable doing it. And then when you get on the road with like a Joe Rogue and a Russell Peters or Sebastian or yourself, Young American Tour, whatever, when you're on the road, now you're not going into your new shit. Now you're not working on that new material. Yes. Now, you, now you don't have that open mic. You're seasoned because you've already practiced it. Well, you're seasoned, but you're also getting comfortable, which you don't ever want to get comfortable. You just don't want to get comfortable. Yeah. How many people did you perform in with Saget in uh, Florida? Um, a thousand. A thousand? Sold out Seminole Coconut Casino. Nice. How was it down there? Amazing. The show, the venue was dope. The people were cool. And the new material, you know, it just, it just flowed. You know, but my point is, is that you got to stay uncomfortable as an artist. You got to stay uncomfortable. You got to keep, you got to stay hungry even when shit's good. And you got to get uncomfortable even when you're comfortable. Now, I'm down with like what Seinfeld did, you know, same exact material for 15, 20, whatever he was doing. And then he put it to rest. But I hadn't, I've never gotten to Seinfeld's level as a stand up to like do even think that way. So I needed, I just wanted to get this new material crafted to have that hour that I could go on and do. And I didn't realize how long I'd been doing the same shit. Like my mind, I don't have a good, I don't have one of those good brains where, you know, those people that are like, oh man, in 2002, that summer, 2002, I don't know what the (laughs) fuck was going on in 2002. Are you crazy? I can't, I don't know years at all. Literally, I do not know. I I couldn't, I, I don't have year memory. I've got like, when I'm writing a script, like when I was working on the book thing, like the white boy Rick thing, and the dude was like, uh, the editor was sending me back. If he changed a word or a phrase and I read it, I knew right away. I can remember every word I write, but I cannot remember years. So I didn't realize how long I've been doing the same material. My brother kept telling me, <laughs> you've been doing the same shit forever, man. I have been. And he's right. And so bottom line is I got... I mean, it got you on, like, you know, some Tonight Shows and stuff. I saw your clips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It got me on some late, yeah, late night talk shows. And, but those, you're only doing six minutes on those shows. And you're stressing yourself out over six minutes, you know? And it's like a friend of mine is in town right now. She books the Seth Meyers show. So I want to get a six-minute thing for Seth Meyers. And I haven't even submitted it to her. 
there's also like it's also like a funny thing because I don't know she's kind of hot <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> and I'm like I need to draw that line business yeah yeah pleasure Absolutely. let's not cross the line yet you know what I mean? Let's not cross the line. Yeah, because most people, t- you know, separate business from their personal. For, for sure. But this business is such a fucking weird business. It's hard to separate business and personal because it's a business of pretty people. So, like, <laughs> listen, when I directed My Man is a Loser, I did not fuck around. There were actresses that I could have got with and that, that liked me as a person. Like, we were, like, hanging and going to – we all the cast would go out and we'd get drinks or whatever and hang out. But I didn't ever cross a line. I did, it's not my style. It's never been my style. So like for all these, for all these scumbag dudes that have like abused their power, it makes me sick because you're just a fucking lame. Like you're a lame. That means you were a lame in high school. You were a lame if you went to college. You were just a lame. You know, if you have to like use your status or your power to get the girl, and now and like now you got her scared that she's gonna like lose a job. And you're playing that card, you're a bitch. You're a bitch, you know? And, like, you know, I don't want to, I'm not like trying to tough talk, but like, if any of that shit would have happened to like a cousin of mine, or like, I don't have a sister, but I got like a lot of, I got female cousins, they're cute, you know what I mean? And if anybody would have done that shit, there'd have been a knock at your door, Harvey Weinstein. (laughs) You'd have got a knock, you know what I mean? There's a knock coming. And it's me and my 11 male cousins that all look Italian that weigh 240 pounds <laughs> that love fighting. I got all-state wrestlers in the family. We, get, we got goons in our family, real goons. And if, if that shit would have ever happened, there would have been – you'd have heard about me owning all kinds of movies. I'd have had a piece <laughs> of Miramax. You know what I mean? Like for real. So I, I never understand like that. I guess I, I'm not a woman, so I don't understand like the the don't say anything till way later move. Because I would hope that you just come right out immediately. But I know there's like a fear and there's like a stigma and there's like all this shit, you know. And there's obviously three sides. And I'm not talking about Harvey Weinstein. I'm talking about like there's three sides to all kind every story. But my girl cousin comes back to the to the family reunion. And she's like, I went into this meeting and a guy pulled his dick out and said I could have a. Jo- you're, that guy, now we own 8% of his company. He, we're, we're Suge Knighting you. You're getting Suge Knighted by the Young Clan, by That's the Meckler funny. family. Like, if you met all my cousins, you'd laugh because they are all... Like, 16. We look Italian, you know? I got a mean uncle, you know what I mean? All my cousins can fight, you know? One was almost professional, you know, hockey players. There's all kinds of animals in my family, you know? And we got lawyers we got, for just in case any of us get in trouble. We got a lawyer. You know, we got two lawyers, three it's, lawyers, oh, it's four good. lawyers, four lawyers in our family. It's always good to have a lawyer in the family. Oh, they've helped us. We got four lawyers in a family of animals. You know what I mean? Like, I've been in trouble. My uncle's been my lawyer. My brother got in trouble up in northern Michigan. My other cousin was his lawyer. You know, we got lawyers. You got to have a lawyer in the family. Oh, yeah. And we have four. But the whole point is I wasn't trying to go down this path of, like, uh, of, of crossing the line. And I, I didn't want to get into the fucking the whole hashtag Me Too movement. I'm just saying you fuck with one of my family, you know, on that level. And we're coming. We're coming for you. Yeah. You know? And I remember, like... I don't know. I don't want to start getting into names, but a couple of those people that got hashtagged and are out there, I had some weird. Like I, I like I was with a girlfriend back in the day, sitting down, and one of these dudes who like is in trouble and he's gone from the business. He was he was hitting on her like right in front of me. Oh wow! And I checked him, and it was at Jerry's Deli. <laughs> Jerry's Deli. Yeah, I was like, I said, motherfucker, do you not see me right here? Like I'll slap the fat off your face, like. What are you doing? You know? But he was like a big director and he had like pull and he just thought the earth was his stomping ground. And like, no, dudes, you're in check now. You know, some dudes that are getting crushed out there maybe don't deserve it. You know, I don't want to go over every case. But some of you dumb motherfuckers who never got laid and had no game in your life. Good for you. Go to jail. You don't fuck with girls like that. Go away. It's over. It's a wrap. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Karma's the realest shit on planet Earth, and it always gets paid. On another subject, Dave, 
I'm very interested in this, man. And I don't know if it's like a, a people in their, you know, because you're not a millennial, bro. You're over, you're, you're over 30. You know what I mean? And last week, very simple task. I, just, I said, do me a favor. Send Aaron an email. Tell him we're not making it. We're not coming in. And like you waited an hour, it got too close to time. Poor Aaron's driving in to like engineer and run the podcast, and your language was vague. You're like, and I'm not gonna, I don't want to get into like a bashing stock tip, Dave, because you're great. Wrong, I used the wrong word. I said stop filming, or we're not filming. I did the shit. Said we're not recording. But you weren't clear. Yeah, it was my fault. You weren't clear, you know. But then, then it just brings me into like, there's something going on with like people in their 20s, right? Like I don't, I'm not gonna say her name. Okay, but I, I offered to hire somebody out, you know, for like social media purposes, right? I'm not going to say her name, but I want to know. <laughs> you got a panic look. Don't worry, bro, because if she was here, I would talk to her. So I say, yo, I'm going to give you $100. Let me know what's going on. Here's 100 bucks. Take 20 an hour. Let's go on the trust system. Tell me when you think you worked four hours or five hours, and I'll give you another, I'll give you another 100 every five hours. Just, just trust, I'll tell you. All of a sudden... This person hits me up and she's like, yo, I sent you all these clips. I'm like, yo, where are the clips? <laughs> I didn't get any clips. So then a week goes by, I hear nothing. I'm like, yo, where are these video clips that I think I paid you for? They never showed up. I talked to her, I talked to her yesterday. She's like, dumb Sal, I'll send you the clips tonight. Don't worry. No clips. I'll send you the clips today. No clips. Is there a wave of, of like young people that don't want to work right now? I feel like there's like a, I don't want to be the older dude who's like, yo, man, it's so hard to find good help. Kids don't want to work these days. But I've talked to a lot of people. I was up in northern Michigan. My boy started a new company, a maple syrup company. He's oh, got wow. like people tapping trees, hundreds of people out there working. Wow. And he's, it's a growing company. And he's got like, and if you're like in your 20s and up in northern Michigan and you want to work and you got some hustle in you, you can, you can make you make a lot of money, but a lot of these he said the young people he said the people their kids in their twenties he said his best workers are in their forties he's like he can't even get these kids to focus and he's offering real money, and so well, they actually know, said the, that the focus of people have been declining because of social media so like they're more interested in what's going on on social media than what's in front of them. Yo, I see it with my nephew. Sometimes my nephews are on their phone all day. I'm guilty of it too. <laughs> Yo, you gotta get off the, get off your phone, everybody. I'm telling you right now, <laughs> it's gonna be the end of the. It's gonna be the. It's gonna cause the economy to go down. The addiction to your iPhone is causing a lack of focus. A lack of focus is gonna cause you to not be able to produce good content, make good products. And what's going to happen is robots should take your fucking job. <laughs> so fuck the human beings. Why would you hire a human being when a robot actually can focus? I'm down. I'm, I've never wanted to be down with a robot. See, McDonald's is actually starting the trend. So now you can go into McDonald's. You can literally push, you know, push the screen for your order. And then the, the actual human being in the store just gives you the food. You order on the machine and they just hand you the food. I love that. I'm sorry that I love that. <laughs> Let robots take over. You know what I mean? I'm sorry that you're losing human jobs. But if you can't focus, you don't deserve a job. If you're in the middle of, yo, I order a Big Mac and you're on your phone, you might miss my cheese. <laughs> I might not get the cheese I ordered. I want my cheese. You know what I mean? So there is a definite lack of focus. And listen, I've, I've looked at my phone too many times. But I think I'm pretty damn, like when I write, my phone is in another room or it's, playing music yeah. behind me off my speaker because you always isolate yourself so you're not distracted have nothing that can kind of take your attention away from your writing yo there's one phrase that i love discipline is the only way to freedom meaning and happiness like you have to have discipline in anything that you're doing to have any kind of success or any kind of freedom you have to have discipline and i feel like I've been very fortunate like the last couple years, few years, that I keep getting hired to write these movies or TV shows or whatever I, whatever they're hiring me for. And I think it has to do with there's only like 15 of us that are focused. Yeah. I there's mean, only I'll, 15 disciplined people left. I'll call you up and you'll be like, hey, Dave, I'm in writing mode. I'll have to call you back in like an hour. I can't, I can't be distracted right now. I can't be distracted. You can't be. And... 
you know, my boy Jesse just did, you know, that book, Living with the Monks. <laughs> and he had to put his phone away for 30 days or 20 days, whatever, how long, however long he was, you know. And oh, yeah. it was, it tortured him for a minute. But you have to get in the habit of putting your phone away. Excuse me. Because if you don't, A, you're going to get hit by another car while driving. Or B, you're going to get run over. Yeah, you're going <laughs> to. I want to do like a fun video, Dave, where like, because you're very non-threatening. You know what I mean? I couldn't get away with it because somebody would pull out a gun. But like, let, we should go on the street and people that are on their phone walking, bump into them a little bit. Give them a bump. Knock the phone out by accident out of their hand. Let's just go out in the world and show people you got to get off your phone. By the way, the world's a beautiful place if you look around. See, it's funny you said that because the other day I was talking about like a hidden camera going into situations where like other people can sit there and watch what's going on. So I think for what you're saying right now, I think investing in those Snapchat video sunglasses wouldn't be a bad idea because if I'm walking the streets purposely bumping into people, we'll have that on video through the Snapchat sunglasses. Uh, do those work? I think they do. Do they? They sell them at the Grove. I think they're around like 80 bucks. And I'll get you a pair of those glasses. <laughs> uh, we need to test those out because if, they, if that works, I absolutely want to see you lightly bump into people. You know what I mean? So you don't get beat up. Yeah. But like these people need to get fucking. By the way, I started driving those scooters. You got to be careful on these little oh, yeah. bird scooters. People are not focused. You got to be a dope scooter rider, which I am because I yeah. grew up riding motorcycles. But like. I love the scooters, by the way. They're fun. Have you been on one yet? Yeah, they go up to 18 miles an hour. The birds? Yeah. Yo, so I got my bird working. I'm all I'm all locked in. Yesterday, I went looking for new places to live on a bird scooter. <laughs> I went and I scootered all over West Hollywood, uh, like uh, Melrose area, Melrose near the Improv, that little area. I was scootering block to block to block. It was awesome. I scootered all day. Today's too hot to scooter, Yeah, I think. But, like, once it cools off, I'm getting back on the scooter. Like, oh, yeah. dope mode of transportation. See, like, it's, it's awesome, but I do think there's going to be a wave of rules and laws that come into effect for it because, you know, they don't want people going out to bars, renting one, and going around, like, hammered on these scooters and stuff. So, Are they still available after, at nighttime? Because I haven't seen a lot of night scooters. Um, so there's been a few times around 10, 1030, I've, you know, been on my way home. I've scanned every scooter along the way. Yeah, it either says batteries low or after hours. So I think I think they do. I think there is a cutoff time. Okay, okay. Maybe I'm wrong, or it's just battery related. But I've never been able to get one after 10 p.m. Interesting, and that's actually smart on their part because I've already thought about like scootering up to the comedy store for fun. Yeah, but if it's cut off, 10 o'clock is probably cut off time. Yeah, but going up that hill, I'd actually like to see you go up that hill. We should videotape that. I don't know if it'll make it. I don't think those scooters have <laughs> hardcore traction. You know, I, I really, I, I don't think they have it. But I'm excited to be back in LA. I'm excited to get back to the comedy store. Fourth of July, I flew back in on the third. Yeah, I was gonna, wanted to ask you about your fourth of July. Listen, I'll name drop seven names right now. My fourth of July was fun. You know, and I, I, I'm trying to like give myself the ability to have more fun. It's one of the things I need to work on. Like I saw videos of the, of the party in Malibu. It looked pretty awesome. My boy rented Chris Chelios's house in Malibu. I'll just be real. Let's be real. As a kid from Detroit, from Southfield, Michigan, I can appreciate it. I'm gonna. I'm straight up enjoying my life out here in LA. I've had a beautiful opportunity to have friends that are you know have done very well, and I, they've treated me to cool, fun events. And Fourth of July. My boy rents out Chelios's house. There's probably 90 beautiful women in bikinis <laughs> and from around here that are having fun, playing volleyball, amazing food. You know what I mean? You got Leo playing volleyball. You got Gerard Butler in the background. You know what I mean? Trying to get a role in a movie. I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it was like one of those Hollywood Malibu parties. And it actually was a ton of fun. My boy Pookie was DJing up top on the deck. You know, it was invite oh, only. He wants to come on the podcast. We got to get him on the podcast. I ran into him two weeks ago. He's like, it's like, yeah, tell, tell, tell Mike Young I want to come on, but only do it if Stock Tip Dave books me. <laughs> oh, so let's book Pookie for sure. And because Pookie's a staple in L.A. I've been friends with him for 20 years, man. Since I moved to L.A., you know, I've told the story before, but like, I, I, you know, within two years of living in Los Angeles, I joined a men's basketball team because my boy Chuck would come to the comedy store and he kind of just like liked my comedy and we just became friends and he, he's from LA and he happened to be getting on this team 
And on the team was Leonardo DiCaprio, Tobey Maguire, Connolly was on the team, Cassavetes was on the team, Lucas Haas was on the team. Um, uh, I think Johansson, Paul Johansson, I, I think he was on our team. Big monster actor, tough guy. Uh, I think he was on our team too. I can't remember everybody. But that became kind of like my friendship circle for all these years. I got very lucky. And I remember just like when all that was going down, I was always calling my boys in Detroit going, this is going to sound crazy, man, but like this is my basketball team that they asked me to be on because <laughs> I could play ball. I was coming fresh out of Detroit, playing in my you know summer hoops with all my boys. You know, Half of them were college ball players, college athletes. So I had real basketball skills you know, 18, 20 years ago, whatever it was. Yeah. I could ball. Now I'm just flat-footed, you know, bottom-heavy. I've gone from a point guard to a fucking small forward just by nature. <laughs> but that that run, we had a blast. And so, you know, fast forward to everybody's done their thing and, you know, in Hollywood and in business, and now my boy, you know, he gets this house every year and we just have a blowout bash and all the fellows who I've been friends with for 20 years go there and, you know, they get like these club promoter dudes to bring girls. Yeah, I mean, it looked fun. When I saw a couple of videos, I was like, man, I wish I could be there. <laughs> it was fun, man. But, like, you know, I haven't been drinking, so I'm six months without a drink. Seven months almost. I had the one drink the night before Vertigo, yeah. and then I haven't had another drink. But it's basically seven months of not drinking. So everybody there was getting was drinking. You know what I mean? So they were partying. And some, like, smoking hot you girl from, like, the Ukraine rolls up, and she's like, I remember you. A bad, bad, <laughs> that's a bad imitation, but I remember you. I'm like, God, I don't remember you. She's like, oh, your voice, your innocent. She goes, you have innocent face. I never forget innocent face. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about, innocent face? I guess I shaved, so like I look a lot cleaner when I shave. But she's like, innocent face and voice, I know you. And I truly did not remember her at all. And then she starts unwinding. I'm thinking, this girl's just hammered, and she's mistaken me for somebody else. And she unwinds the story, and it turns out I did remember. It started to come out. I remembered her from, like, a club two years earlier where I was drunk on tequila because she reminded me I was drinking tequila. And, like, I, like, made out with her in a public club. You know what I mean? <laughs> Listen, back in the day, I had no problem with public affection because in my mind, I go, I, I go right to everything is comedy. I'll write a bit about any. You know what I mean? Like, I live for the story. Oh, yeah. So I had no problem, and she reminded me that a lot of things happened with me and her. We didn't we didn't have sex. We didn't it didn't go all the way there. But like, she was at this party, and I hadn't seen her in two years, and she remembered me, even though she was drunk. But it was like a funny, just a funny night of like characters, and you know, culminating on amazing. So it was like the funniest. Is there, I guess my question is, what, is, was there like a funny, something funny or something incredibly strange that stood out to you at, during the course of the day? You know, sometimes I feel bad. I don't feel bad, but like Leo is like the nicest dude, man. He's just an, he is an awesome person. He really is, man. And I've been friends with him for years. And like he just wants to go have fun, enjoy his time, play some volleyball. He likes volleyball. He's a good athlete. He plays volleyball. So like... It's a bummer that like a bunch of people will sit around and like stare at him playing volleyball and like kind of try to take a picture of him playing volleyball and they got security. My boy had security all over the place like shutting people down with their phones and whatever. Oh, yeah. But like those moments are like, yo, put your stupid phone away. Enjoy the 4th of July. Don't try to take pictures of him. You know what I mean while he's just trying to play. He's already, ner you know, biting his fingernails off. You know what I mean? Just out of just the life that he has to live. Yeah. You know, living in a fishbowl. Were you in that game? No, I actually didn't. I was playing football. I was uh, throwing the football, getting my arm back in order. You know, like it took me about a half hour to loosen up. And there's a, listen, we all know the barbecue show off. I've been the barbecue athlete show off at the barbecues. And uh, there was a show off there. This dude, he works for this uh, environmental company that's like cleaning up the earth. Uh, like Bill Clinton. I think Leo's on the board of this company, but this dude was like, he had like a college. He had like a college quarterback arm. I was playing catch with him. He was throwing bullets at me. So then, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm older now. I gotta, I gotta, but I still got an ego. You know what I mean? I still got a prideful, athletic background. Yeah. So 
I was being, I was smooth. Let's just say people noticed Mike Young's athletic ability at the barbecue. Nice for you, throwing was, or running or catching. Just throwing, catching, throwing, catching. Because to me, there's nothing more fun or rhythmic or like just to put you in a groove than a game of catch. Yeah, I love to play catch. I love it. It was a huge part of my childhood. I have a highly athletic brother my brother rob is a phenomenal athlete so when you get to have like a brother that's an athlete it's like the coolest shit ever because you can just play catch all day yeah and we you know we were we were psycho so we were like we'd play games like let's throw it as hard as you can at each other whoever drops it's a loser just like a stupid game but meanwhile cut to a month later neither of us will ever drop a ball to the point where my brother walked on arizona university's football team as a wide receiver Oh wow! He walked on the team. So you guys saw that in you? Because like when you were in Detroit, I saw you posting videos of you like walking, trying to get your mom out there to you know go and run and jog with you. Yeah. Well, my dad was an athlete. My dad, like when I, you know, my dad died when he was forty-seven years old. Very tragic. Very young. It's you know ruined my life basically. I mean, it, it affects you forever. But point is, anytime I see any of my dad's old friends. They're uh, the first thing, like, your dad was such an athlete, phenomenal athlete. Like, my dad was all city, all state football, ended up like just picking up racquetball in his 20s and was a state champion racquetball player. One of those guys who could just do anything catch, throw, run. If he decided to play hockey, he could play hockey. He was just a gifted athlete. And so, me and my brother got very lucky that we got his athletic genes because my mom, not an athlete. Yeah. Her family, not athletic. I have one uncle that played a little football and could throw the ball, but just to be real, my you know it was it was my dad's side that was the athletes, and so to me that's the most fun way that you can grow up. Yeah, I mean you said you grew up at a boxing club. Well, my dad's friend you know was good friends with Emmanuel Stewart, so boxing was just like another sport that we got into just by way of my dad's friends. But really, we just spent our entire life. And I thought about this the other day. Like, I've probably worked out on some level like played a game or done something for like 43 years like like (laughs) i think maybe the body does need rest once in a while like maybe people have things see from just fucking punishing your body for your whole life see what's amazing is like you said you're you know for 43 years like you think of a guy like tony hawk you're probably i'm guessing you guys are on the same age and he still skateboards like he's 18 yeah and which is amazing to me no and it's awesome and it's a, by the way, there was a dude, Don Wildman, who I don't, I, I didn't get a chance to meet him, but in Malibu, he's got the house down the way from Chelios, and he, he's the guy that paid for the fireworks. But I think Don Wildman, if I'm correct, I think he, he created Bally's Fitness, he created like Lifetime oh, wow. Fitness or 24 Hour Fitness, one of those. So he's a fanatic, but he's 85 years old, <laughs> and he still is on the beach doing wind sprints. He's surfing. He's staying in shape. That's amazing. So to me, if yeah. you are fortunate enough to have your legs and your arms and your, they're working. And Do whatever you want. Fucking stay active, yeah, man. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Like, I'll be driving around. And I've, I've been with somebody who's been like, that guy's 43 years old. He shouldn't be skateboarding. And I'm like, well, if he's healthy enough to do it, let him skateboard. And coordinated enough. Are yeah. you kidding? I'm hoping... Knock on wood that I'm playing sports. I'm playing men's league hockey. I want to play when I'm 60. Exactly. My uncle played at 60. You know, he got thrown out of the league for fighting at 60. <laughs> That's all. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, Tom Bernard. Tom Bernard, the president, the head of Sony Classics. He was on my hockey team. Oh, wow. Tom's probably 60. I don't know, 70 years old, 65. I have no idea, but like his kid was on the team. Tom Bernard, who is a legend in the film industry is a beast on the ice. I looked up from the bench one time, him and his son were ta- were fighting two dudes on the other team. Like they were in a fight. You know That's what I mean? Awesome. Father and son fight I mean, against people in front of the net. You know like, what I mean? Taking exactly. people out. Like in Orlando at the JCC, there'd be like, you know, there'd be when I was growing up there'd be like the 12 to 16 year olds playing on one court and then there'd be like people literally 15 and older just playing full court basketball. Yeah. That's the best way to live, man. If you can stay inactive. By the way, this is what always tripped me out. Like, and Stamos is like the greatest dude. But he did not grow up playing any kind of sports. So before we shot My Man as a Loser, I had written the part for him as a hockey player. And I knew I'd probably have to get a stunt double anyway, but I didn't know if he could like do any kind of skating at all. So basically he was like, yo, bro, I can't ice skate. I was like, no problem. I'll go back in the script and I'll make it roller hockey league. He called me back. Listen, man, I can't roller. I can't roller hockey. I can't 
rollerblade. <laughs> I was like, damn, man. So we talked about it. He was like, listen, bro. He's like, you think my dad was happy? He's like, my dad was a Greek man. You know what I mean? Like, he, he had a boy. He wanted me to be an athlete. I was taking tap dancing and singing lessons. You know what I mean? I was playing guitar, okay? And by the way, things worked out fantastically for him. However, he did not grow up playing team sports and, like, the yeah. way I grew up. You know, so basically, I had to change the scene to a street hockey team that just ran around like a floor hockey thing at an outdoor <laughs> league in New York City, which they have. But I kept him on the bench for the scene. He was just giving <laughs> advice to, to guys on the bench. You know what I mean? That's so, awesome. Speaking of sports, because I know you went to the NBA Finals and the Eastern Conference Finals, and yep. now's the day that people can officially sign. And you're talking about calling people. You know, I know today's probably not the best day, but I was, I was thinking you should maybe call up you know nick or dan gilbert be like just kind of get their opinion i think they probably don't want to talk not for at least a while not right now dave (laughs) you know what i mean like i don't think now is the time and by the way i talked to dan a couple days ago and he's good he's we didn't talk about lebron leaving cleveland we just we're talking regular business stuff because we're trying i'm trying to do some new stuff with those guys in in detroit i mean he published a great letter like he's like i can't wait to you know retire your number you've done wonderful things for the city so he oh did he i didn't see that he he wrote a letter and he was just like we look forward to the day we can retire number 23 here in cleveland we thank you for everything you've done so he was very very professional about the whole thing oh well yeah that's awesome because it's like that this whole thing is playing out like a dramatic film like (laughs) like it's like it's like uh it's like homer you know what i mean it's like it's it's just like the lebron crafted his perfect ending and i'm not mad at the dude like you're your own person you do what you want with your own life got them their title he got a title over there. He breathed life into Cleveland in a way that, like, he changed the landscape oh, yeah. physically. The whole economy himself. The economy was supercharged in downtown Cleveland. He did big things. So everyone's gut instinct and initial thing. Now, listen, we can all be armchair quarterbacks, and you can go. I don't have, I don't have like, the hate, like, that kind of hate in me where I'm like, he left. He's got no character. He left the whole city. He's a man. He's his own man. He's well, do what you want. The guy owns a. He's got a production company in Hollywood. He wants to do movies and television. He's over here, and he's probably thinking because he's a high level dude. He's turning thirty four, and he's like I said. I actually, tested this some the other day. When you go to see him at the Lakers, you go to Staples Center. He's ten percent over owner of Blaze Pizza, and Blaze Pizza's in Staples Center. Oh yeah, let's let it be known. Stock tip, Dave. Probably six months ago made the call that LeBron was coming here based on his ownership of Blaze Pizza. So not only are you giving stock tips that we haven't heard in a long time, but your call on the on LeBron coming to the Lakers was accurate. And it probably, he's setting up shop here. Oh, yeah. And by the way, what, what an amazing story it would be if he took this franchise, which is, you know, one of the greatest storied franchises in basketball and sports history, and turned it into something. You know what I mean? Because he could. Like they're already they're already kind of looking good with who they they got over here, Lance Stevenson and Rondo yeah. and LeBron. I mean, that's already like a squad. McKee. And yeah. now actually, here's another prediction. Carmelo Anthony's probably about to be released by the Thunder or traded because they don't want him anymore. So Carmelo Anthony might be joining LeBron in LA or he's going to Houston. I don't think it's anybody else. It's LA or Houston for Carmelo next year. But does year. Carmelo still have great years in his body? Does he still have it like that? He can I no longer carry a team. He cannot carry a team. But he, at this point of his career, if he's can playing he, with LeBron James, he'll be a, a perfect complimentary player because he's just at that point in his career where he's just a complimentary player. You can't build around him. How old is he? He should be the same age as LeBron, like 33, 30, 34. It's crazy. I mean, LeBron looks like he could play another 20 years. I mean, I think his he'll play until he's 40. Why wouldn't he? I mean, he, I, I watched him from five feet away, yeah. front row. His, the goal was, the his goal was to play. I don't think he wants to retire until his son's a rookie in the NBA. I think he actually wants to be the first person to play in the league at the same time of his son. Oh, is that what's going on? That's what he's... What, is, is his kid going to be a pro for sure? Like, I is mean, he that good? His kid's 13 or 14, and so... Are they saying he's the next thing? Um, he's very, very talented, but it's just a question of how tall he's going to be. Because right. he LeBron's could be 5 foot 10. Right. Right. Tough to predict. That would be an amazing story. I think there was... Wasn't there one combination of father-son that played in the league for a moment? 
Um, By the way, side note, do you know Popeye Jones? Remember Popeye Jones? Yeah, his son's a hockey player. He's like the number one pick. He's like the number one pick in the draft. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. His son is a phenom on the ice. Yeah, I remember when that happened, too. That just shows you. You got athletic genes, pick your sport. (laughs) Pick your sport. Your dad was a pro basketball player. Eh, I'm going to go play hockey. Genetic freaks. You know what I mean? Like, it's got to be hard for, like, Doc Rivers coaching his son, Austin Rivers. He just traded his son. Like, (laughs) right. Right, that's that's heavy. that's heavy. But you know, you never. You, we don't know anything, man. I don't believe anything I read. I did. I started to know that LeBron was coming here because a friend of mine is. She runs. Uh, she's she manages LeBron. She manages a bunch of athletes in her company. So she's partners with LeBron's dude, Rich. I forgot Rich's last name, but. Paul. Is it Rich Paul? Yeah. Yeah. So they just Clutch so sports. she was coming over to she was coming to LA all the time over the last like six months. And I talked to one of my other friends. So her name she's awesome. Her name's Farah. She's super cool. And she was Jesse, my boy Jesse, she was Jesse's assistant when she was nineteen years old. So wow. I've known her for like eighteen, nineteen years. You know what I mean? She was in, she was like coming out of college. And worked for Jesse, my boy Jesse Itzler, you know, who started, you know, at Marquee Jet, Zico Coconut Water, wrote the book Living with a Seal, you know, high level person. I've known her forever. She's always been just like awesome, smart, sharp, kind of like just on this path. And cut two, and I'm sure through Jesse's relationships with athletes, you know, over the years, because LeBron actually was, I think he flew on Marquee Jet. At the time, he was a he was a you know uh, marquee card member or whatever, and so she started this company and she's killing the game. Nice. And she was she was visiting L.A. all the time, and I never even asked her, but like I talked to a few other people, and I was like, LeBron's coming here, right? And everybody was like, Yo, one hundred percent. I mean, his kids have been going to school here for two years. I feel like because I remember the old report. Oh, where's his kids enrolled in? Where where they enroll in? Pay attention to that. Yeah, but they've already been here. What a fun business to be in, <laughs> sports management. Like, I always, like, you know, sometimes I feel like, sometimes I think about, like, just starting a brand new life. Like, a, I'll start a sports management company. I'm going to call Farah, say, any athletes you're not signing? No, we're going to sign them. <laughs> it's like, you could just do anything in this world. You could just start anything, do anything. Like, I've thought about that because my boy who I went to high school with, Vince Baldwin, is like the head of Nike basketball. He's like the national director of Nike hoops. Oh, wow. So the pipeline of kids that are coming up, and he he talks to me about it all the time. Like, you know, there's like some, you know, young 12, 14, 16-year-old kids that he knows for sure. Excuse me. For sure. If they stay healthy, they're going pro. Yeah. I mean, they can tell at 13 years old. It's ridiculous. So I always thought, like, why don't we start a sports management company? We got the, we got the ball players, the hoop players coming from Vince, my boy Marty, who's a high-level USHL hockey coach. We got the hockey players coming from him. You know what I mean? I'm sure we could find some football friends. You know what I mean? I got, I'm sure I got friends that are connected to the football world, yeah. you know? And yeah. I'll, call, I'll call Dan Gilbert and go, Dan, I want to start a sports management company based out of Detroit. Done. Let's do yeah. it. Even like- call me if you want to. I'll get your contract straight. Like, like even your friend Jesse, he's now, like you said, part owner of the Hawks, which I used to work, work for. Yeah. It's a pretty open, awesome, amazing environment. He can hit up Dominique Wilkins. He's one of the nicest guys I've ever met in my life. Yeah. And he can, you know. That's it. People. Life is about relationships. It's so funny, man. It is who you know. Yeah. But before who you know, it's what you know. And before what you know, it's how good are you at your, you know what I mean? Because you don't want to be like a clown who knows everybody. That doesn't do you any good. You know what I mean? Like that's like a sad clown to me. Like somebody who just like has all knows everybody, but doesn't have a skill set to come into. What are you gonna do with with your relationships? You know, be good at something. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like exactly. I know what I I know what I can do, and I know what I can't do. You know what I mean? So what's your skill gonna be? You know, where are you gonna fit in that puzzle? And be just great at it. You know. And, you know, I don't want to get all philosophical, but, like... No, but you actually reminded me of your own comedy bit, because when you were, like, saying start a company, because you are just reminding me of one that you posted. Um, oh, you ever talked to somebody on cocaine? They always want to start a company with you? Yeah. Yeah, it for left. sure. <laughs> that actually came out of... Like, I remember when I wrote that bit, because I was at a club somewhere with my boys, with the whole crew, and, like, people were on drugs, and, like, this dude was, like, gacked out of his mind. He was, like, on drugs, <laughs> and he's literally, like... 
He's like, I'm telling you, man, it's like a commercial. You, you can start any you start commercial real estate <laughs> program. I, I could see you right now. You'd be a perfect face man for us. And uh, if we started this program, we start, you know, stri- you could basically buy a strip mall with no money. You don't even need money to buy a strip club. <laughs> I mean, a strip mall. Uh, and if you put like a Subway sub shop in the strip mall, then, you know, Subway feeds up. The other places, you could put a sporting goods store in there and we can start collecting rent. It's, it's amazing. And you know, all you do is you do it all on credit. And then all of a sudden you own the strip mall and everybody's paying you. It's great, bro. I'll call you Tuesday. And I was like, I remember talking to some strange dude who I just met that day. And I'm like thinking like, dude, we're never going into business together. Yeah. I don't even know your name. Drugs really have you talking to me like we've known each other for 20 years and you really want to start a company. Yeah. But tomorrow you're going to be dehydrated and you're not going to remember this. And just shut the fuck up. (laughs) Like, shut up. Like, I was watching your whole comedy bit, and one of the funniest, I think this is one of the funniest bits you've ever had. I loved it. I was dying laughing for at least 30 minutes. And I think, Jesus. Yeah, I know. I Because mean, I'd never heard this joke. I've never heard you say this joke. And when I heard it, I was like, oh, my God. I think you should bring it back more. The one about the one-year-old kid or your kid, you know, because your kid's not a genius because you're the father. Oh, right, right, right. Like, well, that's a good point. I actually, I want, I could take that bit and that was stretch awesome. it out. Thank you. <laughs> Well, that was based on a real story, too. Like, my boy, one of my boys, his kid was one. He was one. And he thought he had a genius kid because the way the kid looked around. <laughs> and he was like, yo, look at my kid. He's analyzing you. And I'm like, your kid is humming bubbles. Like, there's yeah. bubbles. He's staring at a mobile or whatever that thing is on the wall, like, that's spinning from the See, ceiling. My favorite part was you doing the walk. You're like this. Hello, it's nice to meet you looking down at the ground while looking at your feet. <laughs> you talking about a genius? <laughs> yeah, because you're like, you're like... You're like, oh, yeah, my kid invented something. But when you talk to him, he's looking at his feet and you're you're walking with with your head down. Yeah, because that's true. If you've ever met a genius, good for you to be a genius. But they don't seem happy and they're socially whacked. You know what I mean? So, like, it's better. It'd be great if you were a genius, somebody was a genius. If you have a genius kid out there, God bless you. If you're a genius, you're lucky. Good for you. Whatever your focus is on, I hope you're killing the game and being a genius. But most people that are considered genius that I've met, high-level smart people, socially, they are off. They just, they're looking down at their feet while talking. They're looking to the side while talking. You know what I mean? They just got quirks. And it's, by the way, I wish, I'm really good at a lot of things. I wish I was genius at any something. Yeah. I, I don't have a I mean, I guess I don't know. I'm I'm a good writer, but I'm no genius. I could tell I could tell you that right now. Well, there ain't a fucking way I got a gene, <laughs> a genius gene. You know what I mean? I just didn't. I was gonna didn't see have, if you could break out one of your new jokes. What are my new jokes? Um, I mean, I've done the alone time bit. Have you heard the alone time? I I think I briefly heard it for like five seconds, but not the whole bit. So I remember you, I remember you posted something. I saw something online. And I was like, oh, that sounds familiar. Yeah. I mean, the couple new bits that I'm really trying to craft are, like, one is in the relationship space, and it's about the faster it's, you know, people get tricked. Like, the faster a relationship starts, the faster it ends. Yeah. You know? Don't get tricked by these exciting, explosive relationships where you think, this is the one, right away. You know what I mean? Because I've had those. Yeah. You know what I mean? We met. You, we had the greatest conversation in the world at an after party. The next day we went out. The next day we had sex. It was amazing sex. Then I got your brother a job, and I never talked to you again. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, we did everything that a relationship can have in a one-week period, and we never spoke again. And nobody cares that we wow. You know what I mean? So my point on that bit was just like, don't get tricked by the explosive relationships. I've been tricked. I've gotten in those, you know? I've been tricked by, like, smoke, like beautiful girls with wild personalities. You know, I've been tricked by that. And then, like, I try, I'm doing this new bit now about uh, sometimes a girl will have your head upside down. Like, you ever just been in love? I've been in love before. I thought I was in love, but I was really just, like, in a, this girl just had my mind twisted. And so I knew my mind was twisted when I started bragging about her to my friends. Yeah. And what I was bragging about made no sense. <laughs> and I was like, yo, man, my girl's a genius. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, this girl could do puzzles. <laughs> puzzles. I'm, I'm like, I'm bragging about her ability to do puzzles. And my friend's like, yo, man, like, you know, crossword puzzles, like, that's pretty, she must be pretty. I was like, no, bro, jigsaw puzzles. <laughs> this girl can sit for three straight hours and put a whole blue sky together. Do you know how gifted you need to be to do that? And so that's really, and then I just go on to different things that she's gifted at that make no sense. I'm like, this girl's got amazing posture. You should see her parallel park. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you can't just be dumb in parallel park. Like, 
I was twisted. Yeah, I mean, I was watching a movie the other day, and it sounds like one of the lines I was using in the movie about it just being like in a, in a short-term infatuation, and the things that you love the most will end up being the things that bother you the most. Yeah. Well, what movie were you watching? It was, it's, it's a line from The Beach. From The Beach? Leo's movie? It was one of his lines. The beach. <laughs> I could have written The Beach. Because I, I watched it the other day, and it's just a line he used when he's, on the, when he's like looking up at the stars, like talking to the French girl. Really? Yeah, there's a line where he's like, you know, when you're infatuated with somebody, the, the things that you love the most about them end up being the things that annoy you the most. By the way, that's genius. Who wrote The Beach? That's a great line. That's um, a great, that's, that's philosophy right there because that's so true. I wish I could tell you, but I'm not 100% positive. Because everything that I thought was so great, six months later, it was everything that I was trying to get rid of. You yeah. know what I mean? To the point where I like, this girl swept in and like lived with me all of a sudden. Yeah. And I was like, trying to figure out how to get her out without just packing all her stuff and putting it at the door i was just pulling all my best moving moves you know what i mean to get her out and it was the the wild personality tried over it i'm over it the exciting personality (laughs) just fucking relax sit down read a book you know what i mean your exciting personality it's because you're chemically imbalanced beyond. You know what I mean? It's, that's just exciting because you're just talking nonstop. Yeah. It's like watching a, you know, you're just like watching a funny object spin around. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, I was I was tricked by like a magician. You know, I was hypnotized. But you know, these are things you got to go through in life. You know what I mean? You got you got to learn, and that's why I've been single now for a good long time because I'm just gonna. I'm gonna wait this one yeah. out until I feel. It's kind of like your bed, where you're like you meet somebody, and you're like, oh yeah, I'm gonna get you an, an Uber sandwich. <laughs> yeah, an Uber burrito. You gotta go. You know, but that's the, you know that's 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 not you know I'm not trying to be mean, but that's that's a bit about girls that will like stay over for way too long who you just met. Yeah, you know what I mean, girls in their twenties. You know, I started doing bits on girls in their twenties and their phones. You know, I I, I said. Uh, What's the new joke? I said, you could tell how a girl's doing in life just by the condition of her phone. You know? Like, you look at a 23-year-old girl, she's got cat hair and lipstick stuck to her phone. Or there's You're not doing good. You know what I mean? Your phone's cracked. You know what I mean? Your service is in and out. I just caught a glimpse of a text message that you're, you know what I mean? I didn't even know you had a boyfriend you were in the middle of breaking up with. There's a, there's the, you know what I mean? You're fighting with four friends on your phone. You know what I mean? The shit's disappearing. Not, somehow you got me to pay the bill. So, I don't know, man. I got a bunch of new stuff. I'm trying. I wish you know what's so funny, man. I thought about bringing my notebook to look at the new bits. Yeah, I'm working on a new bit about Mike Young versus Young Mike. How everybody's two people. We're all we all have. It's probably where the concept of Superman and Bizarro came from. Like everybody's got good and evil. Not good and evil, but good and bad thoughts. Yes. You know. And I was gonna. I'm trying to work on a bit, and I haven't really like put it together yet. But it's. Didn't you have a show last night? Did you use any of that stuff? No, because Hermosa Comedy and Magic Club, it's their 40th anniversary. Oh, wow. And so they invited all the comedians to come down and do five minutes, which we all, and they ding you. Oh. It's like a rapid fire <laughs> thing. So I couldn't get in any groove in five minutes. And so I did not do any of my new stuff last night, um, just because time-wise, and it was just an event. We should get some of your new stuff next week when you're down in tonight I'm going tonight, tonight, I'm actually going back to Hermosa, and I'm going to do my new stuff. I'm going to do Divorce Friends, Alone Time. You know, I wrote a whole new bit about when you come home drunk alone and you talk to yourself. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you're just, I'm trying to like go through this whole character piece where it's like, look at that. Look at those stupid shoes. You know what I mean? I don't, <laughs> who runs? I don't run. I don't run. What am I running from? What are you running from? You know what I mean? Oh, look at that stupid haircut I had in 2000. Fuck, who does that? You know what I mean? <laughs> stupid haircut. Let me turn on the TV, see what's going on. Fuck. Who's James Corden? Where did he come from? You know what I mean? I'm just like looking at him like, God, he's kind of funny, though. Hey, I could sing like carpool. I, I carpool karaoke every day. Yeah, you're right. I, that guy, I had no idea who he was until he was on that show. Yeah. Came out of nowhere. He's good. James Corden, he's good. I'd love to have a late night talk show. How do we get that? Maybe I could just start one here at All Things Comedy. We just use the studio. By the way, Aaron, do they have anybody doing like a talk show here? And if I wanted to, I could literally just go in that studio and do a talk show. I mean, it's a little more complicated than that, for sure. But I mean, you could pitch it. I could pitch it and then develop it. And yeah, of course. 
why is nobody utilizing? I'm all about using what is in what you yeah. have. And I, and when I was taking the um, Adam Carolla podcast class on you know on my computer, they said one of the most unused things in podcasts that are not being used right now is video is going to be part of the next generation of podcasts. And so the more videos you have, the better. Yeah. Is this going out live? This one? No. No. But the video portion can go out tonight. I mean, the, it'll be on as soon as we like walk out the door. Right, right. No video. I love. I love the whole. I love that. I love that. I love. What's the word, man? Not utilize. Not utilizing, but like, yeah. Use your resources, and this will bring us full circle because we're almost. We're almost gonna. We're gonna wrap this up in a second. Um, but this will bring us full circle on single mic, because when I shot single mic, the twelve minute pilot presentation. I just used what I had around me at its highest level. I had great comedian friends and great actors who who were with me. You know what I mean? And I hired them and I brought them in and they were in single mic. And then I used, you know what I mean, what costs nothing is my ability to write comedy. I wrote a little 12 minute piece, da da da. Then I used what I had in my apartment. I had said we could shoot here for free. Then I used my friend's bar, goal. <laughs> so you, being a producer is really just using resources that you have around you. Point being, I could shoot some of single mic here. And when I shot single mic and used all my resources, it's come back in a beautiful way because now I've got people giving me that want to give me money to shoot a full episode of single mic. That's awesome. And I wrote up the deal. I had my lawyer put a little skeleton deal together and knock on wood, man, I've got like four people offering to do this. And so we're going to go shoot single mic and see what happens. And we're going to make a pilot. You've been writing that for like a while. Do you mean this episode? Well, I'm, so I've been t- you mean you've been spending the last three and a half weeks writing? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm pretty. I'll send it over to you. See if you like it. But uh, yeah, I'm finished with the pot with the episode, and the episode. It's fun, man. It, it's fun. It's it's based on all the real shit that happens in my life. You know, when you're single, and so the yeah. theme of the first episode is how single is exhausting, and it's like. There's a girl in the building who's dating a UFC fighter, <laughs> and she's been talking about me to him to the point where now he's pissed and he wants to talk to me. And so I spend basically the whole episode kind of avoiding him, you know? And I'm like, I'm <laughs> Facebook living, and I'm going to my men's league basketball game. And at men's league basketball, some funny stuff happens where, like, you know how when, like, girl, hot girls show up at your, oh, men's, yeah. at your, at your game? It throws off everybody's game. Yeah, they want to impress them. They got to try hard. For sure. So now I'm coming down court, calling out plays that don't exist. Speaking of your microphone skills, I thought you'd love this. So next Thursday is the return of karaoke is the rumor. Next, So if you wanted to do, go back to your karaoke. Game on, playboy. Next Thursday is the, uh, the Take day. Take me back now. Funny how time disappears. Young rebels on the street full of fire and fear. The late night street fights underneath the street lights. DJ played a record that you needed on that night. Too young for bars, we were rocking in the cars, <laughs> looking for action like some neighborhood movie stars, running round town now, free as a bird, just loud as you can, cause you gotta get heard. But blood pump steel, you feel real invincible, too cool for school, yo, I never met the principal. Spend every night getting high as a kite, just sneaking in the back and eating everything in sight. Young with the hunger, fast pace, no fear. I'm living every day, I'm gonna live a hundred years. Take me back when I was a kid. Never had to worry about what I did. I'm coming for you, karaoke. Connolly, get it, your boy. Leo, you want to see me freestyle? Toby, let's see what you got. I'm calling out all karaoke. <laughs> karaoke, goal, next Thursday. Be there. It's funny. One of my friends, he goes, he listens to our podcast, and he's like, man, I'm here sitting at my desk, and all I'm thinking about is the Take Me Back song in the opener. And he's sitting there singing it to himself at his work desk. Yeah, no. Joe, it was Joe Rogan's favorite song. Nobody knew I was a rapper. I played it for him one day. He played it every day. And Rogan's <laughs> like put it on his podcast before, like back in the day, in his early days. So I'm, I'm, I'm not, you will hear Mike Young turn into Young Mike. And you will hear a new, because I'm going to do a new comedy album. And I'm going to do some hip-hop comedy songs, like some dope comedy. That's actually like, pretty cool. Dope. Like comedy rap? Abomatomically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some (laughs) real comedy rap. No one's touched it yet. That's a good idea. I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. I like that. I'm going platinum. Uh, That's this episode. Good stuff. What do we got? I got Irvine, July 13th and 14th. Two shows both nights. Me and Bob Saget. And Bob Saget is coming on the podcast next week. I'm just going to say it. 
and make it happen because Saget's already telling me he wants to do it. So nice. Bob Saget will be on the next podcast. He is my brother. He is an amazing dude. He is an icon, a legend, and he's just he's my he's my boy. Um, so next uh, th- next Friday Saturday we are in Irvine. Um, August third and fourth we are at the Kansas City. Improv, I believe it's the Kansas City Improv. And we'll be posting some of your new comedy bits on our Instagram account. So if you want to see what Mike looks like live, it'll be on our Instagram account pretty soon. That's stories that need to be told. Yep. So check stories that need to be told Instagram. Tell all your friends about it. I'm talking about it when I get on stage in front of everybody. And uh, at the real Mike Young, get at me on Instagram. Stock tip Dave. Good to see you, buddy. We're... Glad you're, glad you're feeling better. One of the most frequent questions I've had over the last few weeks, they're like, when's Mike coming back? I've gotten text messages, questions. Like, when's, where's Mike? When's he coming back? Yo, tell everyone, karaoke, we'll see you there Thursday. <laughs> I'm the non-owner of Goal. All right, peace. We'll talk to you later. All things comedy. We're out. Take me back when I was a kid. Take me Never back Never had now. to worry about what I did. The one time I'm a man two. now. I'm Check it out. Now. Gotta the get it down. No sound. time for Getting fun down now. now. When I was a kid, never had to worry about what I did. Coming back for you, but I'm a man now.